Hey everyone, welcome to Sir Inc.'s The Experience Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything kink. We only cater to adults 18 and above. So remember, this podcast is not safe for work, or as we like to say, NSF. Remember, you can always listen to us during your private time. Hello, kinky and kink curious folk out there. My name is Sir Inc. And on this episode, I have a conversation with a young lady by the name of Little Heaven. It's a really good one, very expansive about her experiences and the lifestyle. So, without further ado, here we go. Okay, so I have Little Heaven here today, and we're going to have a conversation about power exchange, kink, uh, education, and before we start, I'm going to say hello to my guest, Little Heaven. Hello. Hello, sir. Hey. So, can you tell my listeners your experience like when did you get started in the lifestyle or what what like drew you into the lifestyle what's my origin story what's your origin story (laughs) so i had no idea what any of this was um i stumbled upon it kind of by accident um i was between marriages i was just starting to date online and this was in about 2002 so this is before most of the the dating sites is before Mm match.com and i think i was trying to find people at that time through yahoo personals wow yahoo personals yeah really wow that's old (laughs) like wow i just think i remember yahoo personals yep wow okay so i wasn't having much luck at the time and i was pretty frustrated um and search engines you know before google were uh, a real crapshoot, but I was so frustrated one night that I went to some search engine and I typed in how to meet a man who is more of a man than I am. Mm. Wow. Because I'm ex-military. Okay. Um, I have my business together. I know who I am and I know what I want. And I was not meeting people like me. Okay. Super frustrated. So I typed that into a search engine and I happened to stumble upon a blog by a slave and her master Mm. called Castle Realm. Mm. And uh, some of the the old schoolers will recognize that name. But uh, I started reading this uh, slave's journal online and I wasn't entirely sure that I was into uh the the sm part of it but i learned what bdsm was and i was absolutely into the ds part Mm -hmm. when she described their relationship i was like that's it that's what i need that's what i want where do i find this right so started looking around uh i was living in austin austin texas at the time started looking around and i found a couple of groups uh the group with no name which mm. is still around. I think they just had their 28th or 29th anniversary. Wow, that's and nice. And I also found mm-hmm, found a really nice group called Voyagers. Okay. And Voyagers was all about bringing new people in, educating them, and, and showing them the lifestyle. So that's how I started. 
Wow, that's nice. That's nice. And so, what was your first experience with a dominant? Oh goodness! So <laughs> that is sort of uh, the story of my life. Okay. I tend, to, <laughs> I tend to. I mean, I knew that I was submissive, and I'm not okay. a switch. Okay. Um, but again, I was very much in search of someone to overpower me. Okay. I want to feel small. I want to feel taken care of. Okay. I want to feel someone more powerful than me. And because I am such a strong, independent person, mm -hmm. that is a real challenge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, the first couple of people that I explored DS with mm -hmm. were vanilla folk because okay. I was, you know, just barely vanilla myself, new brand new baby sub. Mm -hmm. right. I didn't end up meeting experienced dominants who wanted to date me or train me. I ended up dating vanilla folk and trying to turn them into my dominant. No doubt. Which does not work very well. Do not recommend. Do not recommend <laughs> So I um, did a lot of reading, a lot of research, participating in the community, mm -hmm. going to classes, learning what a dominant should look like, what right. a submissive should look like, and what those relationships should look like, right. and then getting into relationships and saying, okay, I'm going to do this part, and you have to do that part, right. and it, it did not work out so well. Out here. <laughs> so those were my first experiences. Okay. Not super satisfying. Right, no doubt. I don't think anybody's is sometimes coming in. I was introduced to it by a young lady. So that was a lot more fun because she had more experience than me. Mm -hmm. And then she was able to show me. I'm thinking, oh, you know, just whips and chains. She's like, no, no, no. You know, check this out. Power exchange. This, and I was like, Oh, I get it. And I see why you would think that I would be good for this. Okay. Never did I think I would be where I'm at right now. You know, mm -hmm. um, I've identified with it. You know, I think when you go into it, you're like, okay, I want to have these experiences. And then like, you're trying to figure out what kind of sub you are, what kind of dime you are. You had these experiences, yep. some, some, some experienced people, some fucking novices, some people you trying to make into what you want it to be. That's challenging. And, but uh, but I, I won't uh, I wouldn't trade it in for the world. Yeah. So I've been doing this nearly twenty years, Wonderful. and um, I have had better experiences right. <laughs> since that time. I'm happy to report. Good. Um, and I just I do things differently now. I am happy to. Um, mentor and uh give you know guidance or advice or mm -hmm. to um teach what i know mm -hmm. to other submissives because that's my experience right. but quite a little while ago i gave up trying to teach dominance anything i um feel like i can speak from my own experience so i'm happy to share that with other submissives Good. and if i end up in a, a friendship or a, any type of relationship with a dominant i'm happy to give feedback from yeah. my perspective mm -hmm. but i'm absolutely no longer trying to to train my own right. dominant that doesn't right. work now you know it's funny um when we first met and we started sharing um 
you know, information like this is what we do. Um, when I saw you had some educational classes and, you know, like at events, and you just had the board that you wrote on, like this class is for this, this, that, and the other, last for an hour or whatever. And I looked at that and I said, damn, I can do that. Because there are things like, when I think about things like that because of what I do professionally, um, it's kind of grandiose when we do seminars like that, right? Mm -hmm. So I always thought like, man, if I'm going to do education this way, uh, and it's the Virgo with me, I'm like, man, it's got to be, I got to have things looking this way, it's got to be perfect, I got to come in. And when I saw that, it, it just looked so simple and it was so perfect. Like, it just let me know that the point is is to do the class and try to help other people. It's about the education, not about this appearances, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that was that was that was nice and it's inspiring for me because I'm like, keep it simple, keep mm-hmm. it simple. I can go to a show and maybe do a class, or I can you know talk about some things. And as you said, really just speak to my own personal experiences. Um, you know, dealing with the lifestyle and things that I know, things that I come across, and all the thousands of people that I've, I've encountered over the years and stories I've heard, I pretty much can, I can, I'm not a know-it-all, but I can pretty much, you know, talk about what it is to get into the lifestyle, the dangers, the things you should avoid, the books you can read, all that kind of stuff. And then I can direct them to people like you that can help them develop themselves as submissives. Because that's hard when they, I think sometimes a sub wants you at the time to help develop them. That can be very challenging if they don't already have a clue of, what, of who they are. Mm-hmm. So as we, began, yep. as we began this, and you were talking about yourself, he's like, I know who I am. And I like hearing that declaration because that is such refreshing words to hear. Like, I know who I am. Which means, great. We have a great um, foundation to work from. You know, when people come in, like, look, look, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I don't do. You know, it's easy to figure that out instead of people that's like, you know, they're all one way. Like the like the um, the vanilla, like the vanilla types. That's like I'm looking for just uh, you know one woman be be just mine or. You know, a woman is like, I don't want no man that's going to cheat on me, all that kind of stuff. You know, that regular stuff is like, people really don't understand themselves and they chase, they chase after their ideas instead of who they really are, you know. And like, find somebody who can meet you where you are, all this kind of nonsense that you hear. Um, Like, a friend of mine posted something that said, um, what would you do if you found your man on multiple dating sites? And I was like, listen, you're, you're single until you're married. <laughs> I'm like, you're single until you're married, whatever. Every, everyone wants someone that can be theirs and they can have their suit. It is just men. So in my journey of 20 years, I okay. discovered a lot of things about myself. I mean, yeah. even though at that time I said, I, I know who I am, I know what I want. Mm-hmm. I did discover a lot more things about me, like... At the time, I would have said that I was straight. I no longer identify that way. I now identify as pansexual. Um, For a little while, it was bisexual, but then I realized I don't really care what someone has between their legs. I'm more concerned with what's between their ears. And um, so I have dated 
um, many different kinds, um, men and women and anything in between. So that's how I identify pansexual. Um, I also uh, ended up um, discovering that I am leather. Um, so quick, I don't think I... Real quick, before mm. you talk about leather, real quick. Let me ask you about pansexual. Are you someone that will have sex with anything? Because this is that pansexual is a part of it is like they will have sex with... Like that, like so, the, like what's all of the deep of it is it's a lot of it's a lot of things that I don't think people would actually do, but it's it's so vast. So when we talk about pansexual, how far in the pansexualism? So pan my my pansexual identity is the description of the kind of people that I am attracted to. Okay. And I am attracted to I am uh, sapiosexual, okay. so I am attracted to uh, people for. Um, their personality, their intelligence, right. you know, right. again, from what they have between their right. ears right. is just as valuable, if not more valuable than what they have between their right. legs. So when I'm attracted to someone, I, I am personally attracted to daddy energy, but you don't have to have a penis to have right. daddy energy. Right. And so I, I think it's important for people to hear that, especially my male listeners, because I had a conversation about how some women are with a bisexual man, like they're married to him or they're in relationships. And and some of the guys in the shop was like, I can't see that, this, that, no, there's no way. And, and there was one young lady in the shop, I was like, what do you think? She's like, yeah. And I think a lot of guys cannot grasp the concept that there's bisexual men that have women and still, and, and it's not, the women know what they have. They know what they have. It's not like you waking her up to any reality. She already knows it. Like, And I think a lot of guys need to understand that there's women out there who are not stuck on gender in that way when it comes right. to having a man. Like, some women be like, I want a man. We all think women want a man, like an alpha male, you know, or or the assertive types, maybe like yourself, want a beta male. But it's, no, it's not like that. But there are women like you who can have a guy that may be bisexual because you don't care about that. Mm-mm. You don't know, care. But, right? You don't care, and I think it's important for people to understand that there's people that that are out here that think like that, male and female, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So also uh, discovered that I am leather. polyamorous. Polyamorous, leather and mm-hmm. polyamorous. Wow. Uh, oh, that's right. I started in with the leather. Yeah. yeah the so discovered that I am leather. So most leather people that I meet don't like become leather. It's not oh. like something that you you learn and you fall into most people are leather and they just kind of discover it about themselves oh hey yeah i've you know i i sort of have a an affinity for identity to uh things about the leather lifestyle resonate with me and um that's kind of what happened with me i was already interested in a bunch of things that are considered leather Mm -hmm. um i was ex-military so um you know i love uniforms and and boots and um, boot blacking um, mm-hmm. cigars cigar mm-hmm. service um, all of those things are uh, you know they don't have to be strictly leather but they are part of the leather lifestyle so you know not all cigar service is leather but most leather folk are into you know boot blacking cigar service um, outlaw sex outlaw sex well, okay, so the history of leather is uh, that um, 
men came home uh, from the Second World War, right. and they had had a lot of experiences in male-only spaces mm-hmm. and had discovered attractions. And so okay. when they came back to the States, you know, they had to find leather bars. It was very mm-hmm. much on the down low. Mm-hmm. And this was a different kind of um, homosexuality than had been you know, uh, familiar to them before, because before that time, um, homosexual, male homosexuality, uh, was portrayed as uh, men who are feminine. And here was a whole bunch of men who were not feminine, but they were homosexual. They sought other men, but not feminine men. They sought other masculine men. And that's how leather culture developed. And so it, it was illegal. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, unacceptable in society and the, the kind of things that they, they love to do to each other was outside the law. So right. outlaw sex. Okay, and cool. um, I grew up in the community in Texas okay. and in Texas, we, you know, we call it what it is that we do. Okay. What it is that we do is still illegal in Texas. Mm. You cannot legally consent in the state of Texas to be beat. You can sign mm-hmm. all the contracts you want. You can give, you know, video yourself giving verbal consent. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if someone hits it. you and you get turned into the cops and they come in and they, they go to investigate, it's still absolutely against the law. And even if you don't prosecute against your partner, the the, the, you know, the local authorities, they will. can absolutely wow. prosecute your partner. So what it is that we do is still illegal in mm-hmm. Texas. And so it's still outlaw sex. Mm. Mm. So let me ask you, do you believe that uh, through your years of experience in educating, do you believe that the lifestyle should go back more underground? I had another experienced person say, I'd be glad when this shit go back underground. (laughs) So I believe that you can't go back. If you, if your relationship turns a certain way, you can't go back. Mm-hmm. You know, your life goes a certain way. You can't go back. You mm-hmm. cannot go back in time mm-hmm. and, and put anything back. Our, our whole entire universe is a Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, uh, I have a BA in biology from the university of Texas. Wow. I learned about entropy and that everything in the universe is becoming less stable and more chaotic and you can't, once things are out of the box, you can't shove them back in. So whether I think it should go back to the way that it was or not is completely irrelevant because it cannot. By the laws of nature, we move forward and we cannot go back. Mm. So things are becoming more unstable as we go. I've been seeing some of that around that- me. That's the law of entropy. That's uh, physics. All you have to do is look at, turn on your TV and look what's going on outside. People are bugging the hell out. All you got to do is go to the store. People are losing it. Like, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Good people. Well, and even in the pandemic, people say, uh, I can't, you know, I can't wait till we go back. Right. You know, but we can't go back. We have to back. get used to the new normal. Right. There's a new normal and we have to, in military terms. It. In military terms, improvise, adapt, and overcome. Yeah, okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. 
So tell me, all right, so come on, you, you started talking about Polly, and you made my, you made, mm. my, you made, my, you made my antennas go up. So, so leather, so Polly, well, you're talking about, you know, when you're... Right, right, so we're talking about when leather, you're, all right, so, all right, so real quick, let me finish, let me finish with you with leather, real quick. How important is the leather community to the lifestyle right now? With the extremely houses, important. Extremely important. So, so all of BDSM, everything that we do, uh, being able to be out and being you know all of the rights that lgbtq folk have were fought for by leather folk mm. the first you know they talk about um oh my brain's not gonna work the um stonewall mm -hmm. the stonewall riots that were the start of lgbtq folk coming into their human rights mm. in this country was started by uh, a queer person, woman of color, a uh, trans woman of color who mm -hmm. was a sex worker. Mm -hmm. And so if you are LGBTQ or BDSM or anything in that community, you owe everything that you have to those folks. You owe all of your freedoms to those folks. So you can't have BDSM without leather. Right. Now, not you don't have to be in BDSM and identify as leather, right. but our history and our culture and everything that we have is what it is today because of leather. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so let's talk about Polly. <laughs> What's going on with the Polly? So, so you were talking about folks that... Um, you know what? What would happen if your if you found out that your man was on multiple dating sites? Well, right. in in my idea of polyamory, the way that I prefer to live mm -hmm. polyamory is that um, you don't have secrets. So if my man were on other dating sites, ideally, I would already know. Right. Um, in my kind of poly, I would also support that because I want what is best for the people in my life based on what they think is best for them, not what I think is best for them. So I want for the people that I love to live their best life based on what they believe is their best life, not what I believe is their best life. And if they feel like their best life is being on a bunch of dating sites, then, then go for it. Have at it. If I am in a relationship with someone and they might meet someone and have a, a better, more satisfying, more wonderful relationship than what I have with them. I want them to have that. I would right. never wish for someone to give up s something amazing in their life because of me. Mm -hmm. um, I want them to have that. I want them to have all of the things that will make them happy. Um, that's, that's the kind of poly that I live in. It's not, um, probably not the most popular kind. <laughs> it's not the most easy kind, no. but I think, I think ultimately the most fulfilling kind, if, if I want you to have your best life mm -hmm. and I know that you love me and you want me to have my best life and we support each other in living our best life, however we decide that looks, mm -hmm. That, that's the that's the ideal for me yeah I, I agree with you you know um i just want people to just be honest with who they are and what their desires are you know if yeah. you want someone else that's cool uh we need to talk about that you know 
Is it for sport or is it really for need? Say that one more time. I'm sorry. Is it? I'm saying I, I would say to people, I would say to someone, is it for sport? Is it for need? So like, for example, mm, this young lady, yeah. I would advise her to ask her, dude, is it for sport or is it for need? Mm-hmm. Because it's a different conversation. Sport means you're yeah. just doing it to do it, which means if you're doing it just to do it, you're careless. But if you and, have and intent, then it's different. And there's a whole lot of growth that mm -hmm. you can do, mm -hmm. that you have the option to do between mm -hmm. where you start and where you end up. I didn't mm -hmm. start in this place. No doubt. I, I started you know, with, with jealousy and, right. and Absolutely. comparing myself to my partner's other partners. Yes. Um, one of, one of the little mantras that I am, uh, learning to incorporate in my life right now is that comparison is the thief of joy. Yes. So I, I have learned not to compare myself to other people. And I have learned that I am incomparable to anyone else. I am 100 percent unique and wonderful and amazing. And I have my own, you know, talents and my own failures. And I can't compare myself to anyone because no one can be compared to me. And the relationship that I build with anyone, whether it's a friendship, a fam familial relationship, a romantic relationship, a sexual relationship, all of these different kinds of relationships, each and every one is absolutely 100% unique and cannot and should not be compared to anything else. So the military spits out women like this? That's what we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, hey guys, hey, those military girls. I'm trying to tell you guys. I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, I am I am probably uh, the, the perfect storm of a whole lot of bullshit, including my time in the military. <laughs> well, listen, we all are full of some bullshit. <laughs> but you know what I found? Um, Ladies that are more into disciplines, whether it be um, uh, some kind of martial arts, whether mm -hmm. it had be, whether it had been um, military or something else, if they've been into any strict discipline, they have different mindsets when it comes to dating as well. So, not saying here, real they're, quick, not saying that they're all pansexuals, but. Real quick, here's my theory about my time in the military. So I don't believe that the military made me someone who prefers structure. Okay. I believe that I did well in the military because I am someone who prefers structure. Structure, right. Right, right. So if you, if you tell me do A, B, and C, and then you will get D, I'm absolutely going to do A, B, and C. And then if I don't get D, we're going to have a problem. There it is. There it is. I like that. I like that. I like that. Cheers, cheers, cheers on that. So listen, I, I've, I've noticed that you have your Sir Ink shirt on. I want to thank you for getting a box. You're, the, you're awesome. Thank you for your patience. And because I know you smoke, I'm going to send you two cigars on me. What? Because you got on here with this Sir Ink shirt on. Two nice cubes too. I got, uh, <laughs> awesome. I have uh, Sancho Panza. I got a box of Central Ponzas. I never had them before. They're really light smoke. Them, and I have some Trinidad. So I'm going to send you one of each. Awesome. I would love those. Got you. Got you. So, of course, I'm wearing your shirt because I am uh, a big fan girl. Um, yeah, if, <laughs> I need fans. If my, 
if if my friends have something going on, I'm absolutely going to support them. If I know someone who's in a band, I'm going to go see them. Absolutely. I'm going to buy their music. I'm going to tell all my friends about them. If you have a business, I'm going to buy your stuff. Mm-hmm. If you have a service, you know, oh, and pay, pay full price. If you have a service, I'm going right. to pay full price. I'm probably right. going to tip you 50%. Yeah, right. I am I am a big fan of, of supporting my friends. If you have a charity, here's $100. I am all in to support my friends. We need more people like you in this world, honestly. Because that's, I mean, that's how it goes. That's how you support people, and that all comes back. Let's talk about fake doms and fake subs. I had mentioned, mm. I said something to you one day, and you was like, <laughs> no, not everybody's, instead of saying fake or or mm-hmm. uh, or newbie, we can consider them this. So, so let's talk yeah. about that. What do you consider them? Because people have a big thing with fake downs and fake subs, mm-hmm. and we know their behavior, yeah. right? But you say yeah. what? So uh, in the beginning of my journey, I absolutely use those terms, you know, real dom, real sub. Mm-hmm fake dom, fake sub, all those things. It's, it's very tempting to use because uh, in, in our brains, we want to separate things out. We want to put them in little boxes and categories mm-hmm. and identify, you know, which ones are good and which ones are bad. But in the scope of human experience, there's not really good and bad per se, but you can absolutely make choices about what I prefer. Okay. So I might not call that I, I don't like those terms anymore i find them mm, uh, not offensive is not the right word but they they irritate me okay. you know uh, i i just i don't like the sound of them because someone can come into the community and be doing their very best okay from what they have had the opportunity to learn and maybe okay. they haven't had the opportunity they haven't had the privilege mm. to learn what i have learned okay. and they don't know you know, now there's a whole difference between people who know and make their bad choices anyway, but okay. there are folks who don't know mm-hmm. and you don't want to categorize them as good and bad, right and wrong. Okay. I prefer to categorize them as the type of dominant that I would prefer to serve, okay. the type of submissive that I would prefer to be. Okay. And I like to categorize things like that. There are things that, that I like that I prefer mm-hmm. and things that I don't like that I prefer. But I wouldn't presume to call anyone right or wrong, good or bad. Um, just, you know, the way that I prefer to do things, the way, you know, the kind of people that I choose to be around. Okay. So a, a lot of folks use it and, and it's it's very useful in the part of your life where you are trying to sort out for yourself what you prefer and what you don't prefer. Um, I just don't prefer to use those terms anymore um, because I feel like it's detrimental to new people coming in. Because mm-hmm. if you say, oh, fake doms do this, and they're like, oh my God, right. I do that. Am, am I am I fake? Am I not right. real? And maybe I don't belong in BDSM. So what do you say to the dick pickers? So in Texas, <laughs> that is now against the law. Oh my God, to send a dick pic? It is against the law pic. to send unsolicited, unsolicited dick pics. Unsolicited dick pics are wow. illegal in Texas. Illegal dick pics. It is. Wow. Yep. Hilarious. 
Yeah. <laughs> it is illegal to send an unsolicited dick pic. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. we need to pass that all around the world. Mm. So, you know, I get, um, you know, I don't know what I want to call them, dings, pings, uh-huh. you know, the mm-hmm. little the little bell mm-hmm. on uh, a FetLife saying, you know, hey, someone has sent you a friend's request mm-hmm. or sent you a message mm-hmm. or they have liked your pictures or commented right. on pictures or my favorite when they have liked or commented on my writings. Mm. My, my writings are way more important to me than my pictures. Right. Um, but I get these little, um, you know, hey, someone has, you know, sought to connect with you um, mm. on the internet. And, I, and I'm a curious girl, I admit. Right. Uh, I will go look at absolutely everyone who right. comes across my profile and leaves any kind of mark. And I go look at these profiles and you know, first thing I do is, is, you know, even though my writings are most important to me, I don't click on people's writings first. Right. Of course, I click on their pictures right. first because a picture will, will say a thousand words. Right. So I click on the pictures and I'm like, oh, yep, it's a penis. Right. Yes. <laughs> Boom. I mean, you know, it does. And on fact, like if the, if the profile picture isn't a penis. Right. You yeah. That no, too. Like, I, damn, for real. It's uh, like, seriously, your profile mm, picture is a penis. So I can say that having a penis pic on your profile does not make you more or less of a dominant or submissive. However, I can absolutely say that I prefer to give my service to dominants who do not need to have a dick pic on their profile. That's what I will say about that. Yes. I mean, it's so offensive. It's so offensive that it's just a regular person you see people's profiles come up. It's like, for real? You really put your penis out there? Okay. Uh, But but then what about the other side? What about unsolicited pussy pics? Yes, get them too. Is that different? I had a good year of that. I had a good year of that. I'm a guy, so I don't care. Whatever. (laughs) You know, sometimes, you know, for a while, it's like, wow, wow. It's like, oh, it's just too much. Like, they come in like, ma'am, ma'am, miss, you do not have to do that. You don't have to do that. I didn't ask you for that. I like, I see the way you're doing it. You like to have fun. Okay. Maybe, maybe this is just your freak expression. You know, they don't mm. really want anything other than, oh, you're a dominant. Look at these titties mm. and all that. It's, yeah. It's so over <laughs> it. So over it. Been doing this too long. I'm not even excited anymore. So I do have one exception to the rule though. Okay. Uh, if, if you dress up your cock in like a little hat or a, a mask or draw a little face on them or if it's if it's all about costuming i'm totally down with that and i am absolutely friends on fet life with mr cocky if you if you have never looked at mr cocky's photos you should go look at them every single one of his dick pics are his penis or other people's penises dressed up in costume ready for the holidays are you super fun me? of course somebody has a page like that of course of course <laughs> he gets a lot of attention with it i'm sure i mean he puts a lot into it i'm sure i'm sure i can only imagine he gets a lot of attention off of that because it's hilarious hilarious so there's always an exception to the rule that's why i try not to make rules anymore i see i saw a costume today where a guy had like a table around his neck and it was called One Night Stands. He had cups nice. and everything on it. Yeah. Like this was this guy and it was called a one night stand. Hilarious. Awesome. Awesome. The creativity is crazy. One night stand is hilarious. I'm gonna see if I can get it and send it to you. 
It is absolutely hilarious. Okay. So, uh, what's the most uh, freaky thing you've done in a lifestyle? Oh, goodness. Like, session-wise, like, what is the most, like, <laughs> wow, I really went there with this session. What Can you, or can you even talk about that? Oh, I can absolutely talk about it. Um, so... I would say that the majority of people, when you start talking to them about like, what are your limits? Like, what are your hard limits? Mm -hmm. So, uh, most of the folks that people list immediately as like the top three hard limits, um, usually, um, well, some people, okay. So some people don't even know what rainbow play is. Do you know what rainbow play is? Uh, no. Okay. Rainbow play is, um, purposely causing, um, throw up. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, rainbow play, uh, piss play, um, scat. scat. Most right. most everybody says scat. Everybody a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me think. What will be what will be another one most people say? Blood, scat, choke, um, and some um, heavy bruises. breath play. Maybe breath play. Ed- edge play. Anything edge that play. can cause you death. Yes. Yes. I've done sure. all of those things. Which one is your least favorite? Which one is my least favorite out of all of those? I mean, or which one don't you like? So, the thing about me is those are not my fetishes. Right. Okay, that's somebody else. My fetish, my fetish is power exchange. And my definition of fetish is the thing that you have to have in your sexual life to feel fulfilled like you can't get off without it that that is my definition of a fetish so some folks have to have rubber they literally can't orgasm unless there's rubber involved in some way uh you know or or you could pick any number of of whatever things so in in my sex life i can't get off without power exchange i can't get off without ds um i'm not attracted to submissive folks i can think they're completely beautiful um i can think they're completely amazing i can think oh my god they're so beautiful um but then when we meet and in conversation in you know when you're starting to make a connection with someone if that connection doesn't involve them overpowering me in some way Mm -hmm. um it doesn't work for me and i can't um i can't get off right oh okay so in in that dynamic because i seek to and and i'm a service submissive so i seek to serve and i seek to please Mm -hmm. um i do a lot of things because other people like them so for example the um the rainbow play so having someone stick their cock all the way down your throat so far and so aggressively that you throw up and that's the part that they want is the Mm -hmm. throw up Mm -hmm. you know not my kink right right but i absolutely do it and, right. and I would do it again. I would do right. it right now if right. if I had yeah that kind of a connection with someone and I wanted to please them so much. Right. So I have a really strong stomach. I grew up on a farm. Um, you know, not a lot offends me. There's very few things that offend me, you know. Um, non-consent offends me. Any kind of a situation where someone is not consenting to what they're doing, For sure. you know, I mean, animals... 
children, right. uh, persons that are not able, you know, for whatever they're incapacitated right. or, right. you know, that, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, uh, that'll squick me out, but, yes. uh, not much else will. And so I am absolutely ready, willing and able to do things for folks because that's what gets them off. If it's someone that I meet and I have a connection with and I want to see them get off. soldiers like you in this field we need you out here we need you we, <laughs> we need compliance mm. that is wonderful that is a uh, understated commodity right now honestly so let let me throw this in there about that because this is the glue that makes all that work mm-hmm. so people often ask me what are my limits And my answer to that is my limits are a sliding scale. Okay. It's a little graph, like from here to here. And Mm -hmm. so this, on this side of the graph is trust. Mm -hmm. And on this side of the graph is the fucked up, how fucked up is it going to get? Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And, you know, my limits, see, I guess I got to go from this side. My limits go in, you know, a line just like this. So the more trust that we've built, the more right. fucked up it's going to get. Right, no doubt. No doubt. It can get. So in the beginning, on the first date, I, I love anal. I love it. On the first uh, date. I, I would do it in a heartbeat in, in all the ways. Right. However, on the first date, I won't do that because oh, I, okay. that I, I need to build trust. Right, 100%. Mm-hmm. So the more someone is willing to build to build a relationship with me, the more fucked up shit I'm willing to do. So all this really, really fucked up shit that I have done Mm -hmm. is with people who were absolutely ready, willing, and able to learn about what they're doing, Mm -hmm. to take their time, Mm -hmm. to build trust, Mm -hmm. to actually, you know, give a shit and care about me. Mm -hmm. And then once that trust is built, that's when they get to do all the fucked up shit. That is great that you said it in that order, too. Because that's what people have to understand. You don't go from zero to 60 in one night. There are certain things that you just can't do the first time out. It's like a it's like going to the buffet. I mentioned this to a young lady. I said, listen, it's like you meet someone with an expansive sexual pilot, and it's like going to a buffet. Okay, when you go to the buffet, you're going to get a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And you look over there at the other the other bar, you're like, ooh, I always wanted some of that too. But you know what? I'm gonna come back tomorrow or another day and get some of that. Instead of every instead of people just wanting to go to the buffet and get everything. You don't get everything to go to the buffet. So here's the other thing about the buffet. Okay. You go to the buffet and you try all the things and you find out that you really like the steak. And you really like the lobster, but you know what? The steak and the lobster on the buffet is not the quality of the steak and lobster that you're going to get when you go to the steak and lobster restaurant on right. the West Coast, not in the middle of bumfuck Texas. Mm-hmm. Yes. So once you find what it is that you like, you refine and you increase the quality, not the quantity of what it is that you love. And, and that's when you get the fucked up shit up here. Yes. 
Yes. Perfect. That's that's perfect. Right. When you when you figure out what you like, you can't and you can't overindulge in it. You gotta go go carefully with it, and it gets better and better. And I also discovered that I don't like everything with everyone. So there are things that I like. So the first time I did piss play, I got in a bathtub and sat down on my knees. And this was not someone that I was new to playing with. And we had built an excessive amount of trust. Uh, We don't date anymore, but this person is still someone that I, I would trust with my life. Okay, cool. And, and I think he would trust me with his too. Perfect. And so, you know, but the first time that we decided we were going to try this, you know, I get in the bathtub and get on my knees with my hands behind my back and, and open up my mouth because we didn't start with just pee on my feet in the shower. Right. We, we all <laughs> went the way straight. In. All, you went all the way in. All the way, in. Yep. Mm-hmm. all the way in. <laughs> and that was a really amazing, fun, incredible experience. Wow. And the very next time that I tried it with someone else, they're like, are you into piss play? I'm like, fuck, yes, I am. Right. It was amazing. Let's do it again. Right. Um, and so I tried it with someone else that I had not yet built that kind of connection with. And I was like, mm, meh, right. didn't yeah. really do anything really for me. Yeah, I could take it or leave it. Right. So I found w- with that and a lot of other things that it depends a lot on the connection with the person as to how good it is. And I had different connections with different people. So just because I like a thing doesn't mean I'm going to like it with everybody. Right. So, you know, again, you have to go back to the buffet. And when you start a new relationship, you have mm-hmm. to try all mm-hmm. the things on the buffet until you find mm-hmm. the thing that really, really clicks Breaks it home for, you. The one that for the, the one two that of you. And then, you. Yep. and then just do the shit out of that. Right. It's amazing. <laughs> I hear that. Well, I got to put a pee on my list. Pee in the mouth. We even did peeing before. We're going to do peeing in the mouth on the list. Put that on the list. <laughs> that's, on my, that's on my sexual bucket list. That's on my bucket mm-hmm. list. And if it's, you know, if it's an objectification thing, like I, I like to be objectified with consent. Okay. I like to sometimes be treated as an inanimate object. So you can be, you know, an ashtray, uh, right. a stool, a footstool, right. uh, a, a nightstand, a lampstand, a lamp. Nice. Uh, or a human toilet. Wow. That's um, amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, listen, this lifestyle, the kink is, 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 and listen, and you know what's funny? It's just, it's your servitude that makes you go all the way in. Like, you're not, you're not, it, it, it doesn't just validate you, but it puts you right where you want to be. Like, this is, what I want to give, this is what I get out of this, you know, and that's what people have to understand. That's that's what it's about. It's not about this other stuff, what you, what other people are thinking, what would anyone think. It's all about mm-hmm. what you getting out of this. Are you getting what you want out of this? Right. That's it. And and with new lessons that I had to learn, and and what I try to share with new submissives is too, is you can, you know, want to do all the things, and you want to give, you know, your deepest submission with your slave heart and and be able to, you know and be ready to be all in like that mm-hmm. um but you have to be careful who you are giving that to because they're not always going to appreciate it and i heard in one of your previous podcasts about throwing pearls to swine yes so you have to be careful be who careful. you are giving your all in to they have to be ready willing and able to accept what you have to give and appreciate 
mm-hmm. what you have to give because if you give and give and give and you don't get that back if it's not an exchange if it's not a cycle if it's right. not you know a mutual connection and mutually beneficial mm-hmm. you're just going to dra- you're going to drain yourself and and dominoes do that too i believe i've yes. heard you talk about that when you give yes. and give and give mm-hmm. and you're not getting something in return mm-hmm. you can absolutely get drained you so you know you learn given. what you need and make sure that yes. you're negotiating for what you need and make sure that your partner is able to give you what you need mm-hmm. not just you able to give them what they need and make sure that everybody is getting their bucket filled right. and that will make for a long and healthy relationship partnership um but you know so let me go be back careful be careful know yourself and stick to your boundaries make your boundaries and stick to them so let's go back to that let's go back to how we began this so know yourself so what is it about knowing yourself that is the key to all this because i, I feel like we can be scared of ourselves Right? Like, we know, I think everybody knows exactly who they are. It's just about being honest with it and being able to say, really just own it, right? It's owning who you are. I think every, I think everybody knows who they are, even if their desires are dark and um, fucked up or whether they're kind of clean. But I think everybody knows exactly how far they will go, right? Or who, or who they really are. It's just if you own it or try to mask it. So... What is it about that, that that people need to understand how they need to be able to be comfortable with who they are so they can get what they want out of it? So a lot of people come from an environment where they feel like who they are is not acceptable. It's not okay. Like I've, I've met dominants who felt like they were monsters hmm. and they're afraid of who they are and they're afraid to go too far because they they don't know what's going to happen um, because they grew up in an environment where they, you know, came into an environment, have been in an environment where they're not accepted for who they are. And, you know, maybe they grew up in a super religious family. I did, mm-hmm. um, you know, or an environment where, you know, you live in the sticks and you, know, you have attraction to the same sex and that's not okay. So, you know, you get taught by your environment that who you are is not okay. okay. And a lot of people are fighting against that. Um, that's, you know, super difficult to overcome. The best way to overcome that is to find your people, find your tribe, find the folks that are like you. Right. And then you feel when you come into your family um, and they're you know, just like you are, you finally feel accepted. You finally feel um, like you're not the weirdo. You finally feel like you belong. Mm-hmm. And that, that is a, a really amazing place to be. Um, so if you, you know, if you find yourself around people that don't like you, don't accept you, if you don't feel comfortable with the people that you're with, those are not your people. You still, no. you still need to find your people. So uh, a lot of, one quote that I tell people all the time is that those who matter won't mind and those who mind won't matter. Right. So if you're around a bunch of people that, that don't like you and they're making you feel like you can't like yourself, those are not your people. You need, you need to do some more searching and you need to find your people. I found my people. Yes. I love that. I love that. All right. So let me, let's, let me go here with it. So, where do you see the lifestyle going or your role in it? 
I mean, I know mm. I, I already know that you're into the education side, but where do you see the lifestyle growing towards, and, and where do you see yourself in it, as far as what part you're going to play in the lifestyle in a bigger aspect? Because you have too much knowledge to sit back and just be a participant, you know. So I think in the beginning was. I think I, I wanted a leader. I've been a leader and I sought and I seek, I seek a leader, at least one Polly. So there could be more than one. Um, I seek a leader and like, I, w I imagined myself serving one because again, I came into this with the idea of, you know, a, a master slave relationship. That was right. my first introduction. That's what I imagined being, you know, the ultimate. And I read about it and that's what you uh, see and, and hear in like most of the books in the education. Right. Um, so in the beginning, that's what I wanted was to have a person to serve um, in the absence of, a person to serve or one particular person to serve, um, I chose to serve my community. Right. And that's how I ended up um, in leadership and in education um, was uh, choosing in, in the absence of one person to serve, I will serve, you know, whomever the universe sends to me uh, right. as a student, I will agree to teach. Um, I love community building. I created a group in Texas uh, in the absence of another one that had quit. I ended up with my KISS, Kinky in the Southside group because another group, South Austin Kingsters, had uh, died. And wow. there, was, there, was, there was a gap, there was a hole, um, you know, where that pillar used to stand. And so uh, we created, I together with other co-leaders uh, created a group. Um, to, to fill that space and the group is almost four years old and it's thriving. It's doing yeah. amazing. Um, and then I was asked uh, to uh, be security and then um, uh, let's see, what was the other title I had? I didn't have it for very long before the Rona, but um, you know, to serve in, a, in an education group, SOD, the uh, School for Austin Area DS Education. So you were talking about seeing the boards with the, the classes written out. Yes. That was a SOD. School nice. for Austin Area DS Education. Nice. Uh, also another uh, old and revered uh, group in Austin that is all about education. And my Leather family, one of the reasons that I joined the Leather Heart Clan was because um, one of their their pillars is uh, um, education. So we uh, teach. Everyone in our Leather family is encouraged to teach what they know. Uh, each one teach one. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and we do. I was just at an event um, two weekends ago in Dallas, uh, Beyond Vanilla, and my leather brother, uh, Sir Mark, and um, his partner, Kat, taught um, a class. They have a really unique style of um, uh, primal play. Okay. And they, they shared it with us, and it was amazing. It was, it was the best class in the whole weekend. Primal play? Primal. Primal play. Nice. Yeah. That sounds very interesting. Yeah. When I started in BDSM, uh, primal was not a thing. That's something that has developed since I started. So it, it you're asking, like, where, you know, where does the future of BDSM go? Right. Um, 
it's it's the same in BDSM as it as with humans. You know, the the future is the children. You know, the, the newbies, the new ones coming in. Um, either you know we we give birth to them. You know, in a there's a very real sense about that. You know, maybe your actual biological kids become kinky, uh, but also just you know people that you meet and you know, carry into the lifestyle or meet in the lifestyle and choose to rear them, raise them, bring them up, educate them, um, foster them, mentor them, uh, you know, the, they are our future just as much as anything else. So I would find out what the millennials are into. That That's the future of BDSM. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And, and we can sit back here with our bourbon and our cigars and yes. and say, you know, get off my lawn. This my this lawn is head. not the uh, this is not the one true way. And good this luck is not the this, this is not the old guard. No. Which if you ask the folks who were actually part of the old guard, they'll say that's a bunch of bullshit. Yes. So you know, it, that that for everybody overuses this phrase. It is what it is. It is and what it and is. the future. The future is the children. What what they carry into our future, what we carry into our future, that is the future. It, it, you know. So what is the? It's our choice. Where where you put your energy, that is your future. Yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. So what would you say is the biggest? If you had to give people, I'll give our audience one piece of advice from an educator standpoint, from an experience standpoint. What would you so, say is the biggest thing that people should should get early on? When I mentor submissives, they ask me this question a lot. And it's usually at the end of, like, we'll agree to do, you know, four hours, you mm -hmm. know, maybe four hours whole or two hours here or two hours there. And usually usually at the end of our session, they will ask me this question. What, it, what is your one one piece of advice for me? And it's always the same thing you are enough exactly how you are right here right now don't ever let anyone tell you you are not submissive enough you are not dominant enough you are not whatever the fuck you want to be because you are perfect the universe created you exactly how you are for a reason and who you are right now is perfect you are perfectly imperfect and only you get to decide if you are enough. But let me tell you right now, you are enough. Yes, and that's getting it. And as we've been saying this, and that's, that's going to be the title of this podcast, Knowing Yourself. That's knowing yourself. Knowing yourself, going for what you want, knowing that, look, I may not do it for you, but I might do it for her over there. I might do it for her over there. Or the girl behind me, she may not like me, and that's okay. But it's, it's always about being yourself, gravitating toward those who accept you for who you are, and actually, for dominance, look at yourself as a, um, as the director of a movie, and you get to select the cast. So, you come with what your script is, somebody may say, great, I can read from that script, somebody else will be like, that script is whack, it's okay. Even though you really might have wanted the girl that really said your script is whack. If you over pursue that, you start fucking with your own confidence. Because mm -hmm. it can't get better. 
You have to deal with people that want to deal with you and take you to the places within yourself that you want to go. Think realizing so that in, early in, is best. In addition to my one piece of advice, people okay. also usually get a second piece of advice. Okay. And, and this advice about, is about dating. So if it's someone who's not dating, it's not really relevant. But if you are dating... I think in our culture, the way that we usually date is you come in and you see someone, you're attracted, you're like, oh my God, you're amazing. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that you want to know is what do you want? Right. Because if you can tell me what you want, I am now going to mold myself into what I'm going to convince you that I am what you want because I, I, I want to taste this. So, but that's a disservice that we do right. to ourselves because if you ask someone, what do you want? And, and they show you this box, right. you're going to spend all your time and your effort and your energy in shoving yourself into a box and becoming something or someone that you are not. And it's all going to fall apart. True. My best piece of dating advice to anyone ever is to be exactly who you are. Don't be afraid to say exactly who you are because again, those who matter won't mind and those who mind don't matter if you lay out who you are and you say 100% this is who I am and this is what I want and they're like you know that's not for me you just saved yourself a whole, whole lot of heartache right so instead of saying this is who I am and this is what I want and can you try to fit yourself inside my box you should say, this is who I am and this is what I want. And the person sitting across from you should lay out on the table, this is who I am and this is what I want. And you should sort through all those things on the table and you should find those places where you match yes. and do the shit out of those things. Yes, good. See, that's what I like. I love this. I love this conversation tonight so much. and so much more I want to talk to you about. I need a, I need a part two with you because I want to really so get... I usually teach poly. We haven't even hardly touched on poly. I could, I could talk for a whole other hour and a half just on poly. Can we do a part two on poly? <laughs> we need to do a part two on poly. I want to talk about poly because... I got books you can read. I got podcasts you can listen to. I got websites you should check out. Yeah, I, I got all the info on okay. healthy poly. So we're going to do a part two. And we're going to talk about poly. We're going to talk about healthy poly because I think that's important to know. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the historical aspect of poly and how it started. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think people really understand that poly started with women. Women started polyamorous, polyamory. Years and years and years ago, thousands of years ago, women started polyandry because of wars the shortage of men and the only way that they could make sure that they would have kids and have a family is if they had to basically share a man but that's a whole other conversation and that's a lot that people don't understand because in the, in today's world they think that's just men want more women and and that is not the case but we have to get back to what the basics are with this so for sure part two coming if you agree I agree. That would Yay. be amazing. I, I loved our conversation. I would love to have another one. Yes, I absolutely want to have another one. Yes. So can you tell my listeners where they can find you? If you want to be found at all. If I want to be found at all. So I'm real easy to find on FetLife. 
So FetLife, if you haven't checked it out yet, is the kinky Facebook. And uh, I got pictures and I got journals uh, to share with you. So if you'd like to know more about me, you can find me, Lil Heaven, L-I-L-H-E-A-V-E-N, on FetLife. Um, and I uh, was, like I said, brought up in the Austin, Texas community. Um, so I have, you know, some roots there. I have just recently moved to Charlotte, North Carolina and am seeking my people here. So if you happen to be in the Carolinas and want to say hi, I'm absolutely up for making new friends. Um, I am on Facebook, but that's not really a, a kinky um, outlet for me, although I am in a couple of, of kinky groups and my kinky group Kiss Kink in the Southside in Austin, they're still going strong. And if you're in the Austin or Texas area, Gwen, the group with no name is there. And Saad, the school for Austin area DS education. Um, you know, if you're, if you're looking for resources or, you know, in, in education that I have participated in both as the learner and the teacher, um, that's where you would find more information about me. And I need to get to Charlotte guys. I have a cousin that lives down there. I'll talk to you more about that too. You said in one of your podcasts that you knew somebody down here that, that does something amazing. Huh? So yeah. I need to know more about well, that. I have a cousin and I have a friend down there. That's the, my, my friend is into the lifestyle. So I definitely need to connect you with him. And for all my listeners, you know, you guys know where you can find me, Sir INQ, on everything. You can also join kingspace.net, the community. And thank you guys for listening. I hope you liked this. And if you did, please give me some feedback. Email me, sirinq09 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. That was quite an experience, wasn't it? Tune in again for a fresh release of Sir Inc.'s The Experience Podcast.